This is Channel 253 Sports. Hey, this is Shannon Matthews, and you're listening to the Flounder's B-Team Podcast. In 2004, 30 years after the birth of the Seattle Sounders, a crack podcasting unit was sent to prison by a federal court for a crime they didn't commit. These men and women promptly, well, eventually, escaped from a minimum security luxury prison camp to the Tacoma Underground. Today, still wanted by the Timbers Army for dropping trial in front of Jeltwin, they survive as supporters of fortune. If you need a hot take, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the Flounders BT. Hey everybody, this is Steve Kettleson and you're listening to episode 23 of the Flounders B-Team podcast. We are recording on Tuesday night, September 26, 2017, and uh, we've got a little bit of a hybrid show today. Uh, we had to reschedule from Monday, so it's a little light, but uh, we have in studio a very special surprise guest that has some news for us as well. Uh, I'd like to introduce Shannon Matthews. Say hey, Shannon. I'm saying hey. Hey, right on. Shannon Matthews is a professional goalkeeper uh, coach and youth coach. And um, uh, we're going to find out a little bit more about that as the show progresses. We also have on the phone, dialing in from his vacation like a boss, Total Tim Hamilton. How you doing, buddy? That's good. That's me, uh, Tim Hamilton. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time, man. <laughs> yeah, You're, from your no super problem. romantic we're, family we're vacation before my uh, yeah before my pina colada kicks in. <laughs> right on. You don't want that that uh, you don't want that slurry to melt. It sounds like you have no. one. Yeah, yeah, you sound like you're having <laughs> one right now. What are you drinking? Are you drinking oh, the shit, pina colada? Uh, it's I just it's pineapple. You know, glass full of pineapple juice and ice and a uh, ciroc. Uh, summer colada. It, so it's it's basically a, a coconut and pineapple flavored vodka. Okay. If if I may, Tim, it sounded like it was empty. That might be a problem. Uh, no, Fill well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a half full kind of guy, so no, there you it, go. Is a, it is two thirds full. All right, on. Well, Shannon, what are you drinking? I am drinking a uh, a wonderful beverage from uh, your local Seven Seas Brewery on their Life Jacket Citrus IPA. Wow, that is fantastic. <sighs> I personally am drinking a, um, Shannon brought this for us too, a Tropic Haze India Pale Ale from Silver City Brewery. I don't think I've had a beer from Silver City that I haven't liked. Absolutely. Uh, it's a great brewery. Uh, they're out of Chicago, aren't they? Uh no 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 they're they're local of, they're local here yeah okay I read the can yeah I think the silver Bremerton Bremerton Washington everything that good comes from Bremerton right come to Bremerton <laughs> and we'll hang out come to Bremerton by the water okay enough of that yeah. who sang that I don't know but maybe they shouldn't have <clears throat> Tim do you know who sang that hopefully they let them sing it no whoever does let them <laughs> right do it by themselves. well I'll put they it don't in need the, your help. I'll put it in the break music, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> As always, They're it's doing fine. really good to talk to you, man. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're going to talk about a few things. I want to get to know Shannon a little bit and his coaching experience and, and what's going on with that. And he's got some new information uh, for local Seattle professional soccer that might be interesting for us. Um, also want to talk about uh, the thing nobody really wants to talk about, which is <clears throat> um, just that 
that that game, man. Uh, that game what? against RSL on Saturday. Um, and then the other one coming up uh, that is meaningful to us for the Cascade, Cascadia Cup against Vancouver uh, at home that we're hosting tomorrow night. And I'm hoping to get this out tonight. Uh, and then, of course, we got Philadelphia Union away coming up. Um, I think Tim and Shannon both have some really good perspectives on where we are as a team right now, uh, what might be going wrong. And um, actually, uh, Shannon's, done, uh, Shannon's done a little bit of homework with respect to individuals' performance that may have some bearing on what you think about where this team's going. So uh, without further ado, let's get going with that. Tell you what. So, Shannon, tell us a little bit more about your uh, coaching experience. So, uh, 15 years uh, yeah. coaching uh, full time. Uh, this is my sixth year full time uh, in coaching. I coach for Seattle United right in, in the youth uh, program. I coach two girls teams, uh, girls 07, so they're 11 years old. Uh, Tango team and Seattle United, that's, that would be a B team. Uh, okay. Girls 99. And they're, so they're 18, uh, Copa team. That's the A team. And then boys 06, which they're 12. And that's a tango team also on their B team. Um, so I coach three teams there. Okay. Um, uh, assistant coach with the girls 05 EPD elite player development, uh, team with the Washington state U soccer. And, um, proud to announce that, uh, I officially agreed to be the new goalkeeper coach for Kitsap Pumas in the NPSL. What? So, Tim, you want to be a keeper? Are you accepting auditions? I mean, uh, what What do you mean? Uh, um, I <laughs> actually, me I, actually, no. <laughs> uh, no uh, we, we are returning okay. uh, our keepers, but um, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, getting back into the men's game, getting into the semi-pro side, uh, getting in back into the Open Cup. Uh, I, I couldn't be more excited. The uh, kids at Pumas won the NPSL Northwest Division um, in their first year last year. They used to be a professional organization, transferred into the NPSL last year, which is a uh, semi-pro organization um, based off of the tiers of soccer and, and what was going on. They, they felt like they needed to make a move and an adjustment. And, um, in their first year, they found uh, a ton of success. Um, they shifted from their coach, um, Roy Lassiter and, uh, went full time with Levy Bird, who, uh, was their associate head coach and Levy and I have had a month worth of conversation and, here we are. Right on. That's fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> so why goalkeeping coach? Uh, I was a goalkeeper growing up. Okay. And uh, I, have, I have licenses in goalkeeping training. Um, I, oh, there you go. I was a goalkeeper coach for OSA as far as their first two years or year, both girls and men and, and women's um, in their, their first year in the MPSL and in the NWSL. So um, goalkeeping has always been my first love. And... Um, as I got more and more involved into coaching, um, obviously you start learning other things and other positions and whatnot. But yeah, started off as a, a keeper and okay. uh, they still have my heart. Right on. So if uh, somebody wanted to get into coaching, what would you <clears throat> recommend they do? Get into coaching. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would say um, jump both feet. 
Yeah. Um, don't dabble. Don't dabble. Just um, go all in. Yeah. You, you need to, you need to expose yourself, uh, into that environment. And if it's something that you're looking to do, um, with, with, with some sort of professionalism, you're, you have to get into uh coach's license. Um, unfortunately the way that the United States is going right now, there's two different versions. There's either the NSCA or now they're called something else and, or the USSF. Um, so there's two different versions well, of two coaching co- paths. There is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, American league. Uh, the best way to explain it is American league, national league, um, NSCA, which is now called, United Soccer Coaches or something. They've just rebranded themselves. Or the USSF, which is who we all know. Um, and you have your licenses that you can grab and, and um, no different than, than becoming a teacher and going okay. to college and all the other things. Yeah. But uh, coaching courses, coaching licenses are, are massive uh, for sure. And that's a, it's a great way to get started. Um, get yourself in. Be humble. Uh, accept criticism and 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 be transparent just like any quality trade without a doubt yeah i i don't think that there's any difference between coaching and 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 quite honestly teaching um i i starting off in my early days i I love to hear my name coach Mm -hmm. coach and i've i've (laughs) through the years i've I've gotten away from that shannon's just fine I, i don't need to hear my name coach I, I know who I am. I'm comfortable with who I am, and 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 my name's Shannon. It's yeah, right I'm not coach. So, and that's all. You, you, that's your full time. Role. Yep. Is coaching. Yep. Okay. Yep. So you have a, a little bit of a different schedule for most people. I have a completely backward <laughs> schedule, <laughs> and it's funny because everyone's like, "Oh, wait, you live in Tacoma, coach in Seattle? That's got to be horrible." Except for the fact that I'm going counter traffic right the whole time yep so it's always uh, nice yeah it's it's great um and and the reason i'm at seattle united is um for my this is just my opinion um there is no other place that you could be surrounded with better professionals um higher quality coaches to learn from than where i'm at and i aspire to be as best as i can be and that's the organization that will hopefully take me there um so I'm, i'm absolutely thrilled with it Right on. Tim, what questions do you have? Yeah. Uh, hey. First, can you explain to us uh, – okay, perfect. Sorry. Sorry about the lag there. Uh, can you explain to us uh, what age groups – how things work? You know, if you're if you're born in, in the year 2000, you're now 17, and then you can – you're eligible to play at a certain level. And it is – is it calendar year or is it school year? How does it break down for uh, kids at home or parents of kids? Uh, that's a great question. Um, so recently, the USSF um, kind of shocked the world as far as youth soccer is concerned, and they got back more onto the the worldwide side. And instead of the July thirty first, August first cutoff, um, which is what youth soccer lived on forever, they went to the calendar year. And um, unfortunately, in doing so, that that really shook the landscape of teams um, of players. You can look at like uh, currently O three year group. Um, a lot of them, a lot of those teams are mixed between half high school uh, eligible players and half youth middle school players. So the teams are are actually split, and you have half of these girls actually playing in high school right now, and half of these girls that are playing in club 
and the state is trying to figure out a league, a viable league to play in. Um, so as far as the OOs are concerned or anything like that, um, everyone went away from the U12s, U11s, and sure. went to a birth year. So okay. when you hear OOs, gotcha. that, that's what it is. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. Is so there's a state license. Oh, go ahead. Is it before it was set up, uh, it looks, sounds like the school year. So like you were saying before, um, the it, kids could be playing with their classmates. Yep. But now you could have eighth graders playing with ninth graders just because, they're, yeah, they're the same age. Correct. Numerically, because they're both born in you know, 2003 yep. or, or whatever it is. I, I'm, my math, don't make me do math. <laughs> no, you're spot on, <laughs> but, though. Uh, but what it, what is amazing, um, so this is a lot of the higher um, level RCL clubs in Washington State uh, decided that they would go to this system last year. Um, USSF mandated it that it happened this year. So we're a year, almost a year and a half into the system. What you see is a massive difference in players' ability and player size in a January two birthday versus a November, late December. Oh, birthday. sure. Yeah. And, and these, I mean, you put these kids together Physical and you're just like, okay, that's a foot smaller. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very interesting. It's very interesting to see it for okay. sure. Okay, Right on. So, uh, state, uh, is there a state board that, that covers licensure for coaches? Is this, uh, uh, kind of a professionally regulated, but state overseen kind of thing because of kids ex- exposure to kids and, and, and risk and all that state state has uh no real involvement as far as um mandating what oh, okay. licenses or anything they offer the courses uh, all right on. but it's everything's regulated by the you the federation U- okay. united states um and then there's every state has their state kind of household uh, we're we're under the government of washington state youth soccer um and they they will facilitate coaching licenses uh, you can go outside of the state um higher end higher courses b us ussfb ussa they're they're not held in washington they're in arizona they're in new york so you travel for these things so what was your toughest right, game last question, year toughest game yeah um state cup uh, 05 boys playing Pac Northwest, uh, semifinals, uh, brilliant game. Uh, we had battled them a couple times throughout the year. Um, we lost in the semifinals with under a minute to go in the second overtime. Okay. Uh, headed to Pens, um, off of a mistake. And it was, it, the, the match was absolutely brilliant. It was, um, just a back and forth, just total energy, um, total, intelligence the kids just left it out on the field and as a coach that's i i, I think you you do the mic drop walk away yeah. I, I i i emotionally <laughs> i got in my car and it was a dump i i, I dumped i i I built up tension oh and well I, I it wasn't even just the tension it was the fact of how amazing both sides uh the players and what they gave and and the respect of of both sides and 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 to be able to what witness that and watch the parents and watch the roller coaster of 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 that competitive environment 
and there was always going to be a winner and there's always uh-huh. going to be a loser. I was on the losing side, but I didn't, I didn't feel like we lost. I, I, I uh, it was amazing. And I, I, it was also tough. You, uh-huh. you, you know, no one wants to lose at the semifinals. Everyone wants right. to get the finals. So. Okay, so I I had a question uh, before the break. There, uh, <laughs> I was I was asking Shannon if the coaching licenses and the curriculum for the coaching had anything to do with USSF or the U.S. Men's National Team. Who was in charge and and you know like the formation that they were trying to instill? The and, the Federation uh, obviously has. Um, control of the the curriculum uh and what they teach they do not teach uh formation they do not teach or control what you or your club or what your state as far as tactically um decides to do um the the federation is more about um principles of play and and understanding the game and 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 what sessions should look like and what your demeanor should be. Um, so not so much tactically as far as we, we require you to play a four, two, three, one, uh, more, this is how you should be as a coach. Make sense. Yeah. Right. Did they, uh, did the licenses, can you take those licenses out of the state of Washington or internationally or is it just, uh, I'm just curious what, no, it's a great question. I, the, the, what can the, you do? What can't you do? Break down. So the, obviously the, the United States soccer federation, USSF controls their, their coaching curriculum. So the USSF licenses start at F and end at A. And A now is um, split between a pro license and a youth license. And the USSF is important if you're coaching in the United States. If you're wanting to coach in Europe or wherever, uh, UEFA is, is, is the way to go. And you can have a UEFA A license and come here and coach and some people will be very, very excited about that. But at the end, you have to go with the federation that you're coaching in, if that makes sense. If you're coaching in England, okay. you want to go UEFA. If you're coaching in the United States, hello, USSF. As an aside, I'm opening a Citrophonics IPA from Oakshire Brewing. Get some of that. I'm going to get some of that. It is citrus in stereo, it says. There you go. Both ears. So what are your aspirations as a coach? What do you hope to accomplish in a career? What are your goals? It's funny. I I have a 16-year-old at home and a 20-year-old. And my original thought was that I wanted to be a college coach. And I was driven towards that. And 
I was in a coaching course and I was listening to some speakers and I realized I wasn't even the best U12 coach yet. And the, the conversation I had took me to um, a lot of soul searching and a lot of um, understanding of I can't coach college if I can't even be the best U12 coach that I can be. So, um, I, I'm focused on youth and I, I, I love the impact that we can have as teachers of the youth. Um, not only just on the pitch, but away from the pitch, uh, life lessons. Um, so I, am I'm absolutely delighted with where I'm at. I, I love this age group. I, I am, I'm, I'm able to coach 11 year old girls, 12 year old boys, and then all the way up to 18 year old girls. And they all are different. How boys react to instruction and play versus how girls, even just a year younger, react towards instruction and play. It's completely different. And you have to be able to um, curve your instruction. You have to be able to reach every player. And if you're not, you're not a coach, in my opinion. I don't mean that to be harsh, but <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. I, I think no, I, no, I have no. a lot of teachers that I know that would completely agree with that assessment and that the, the, the goal in the classroom is to reach every, uh, every, to reach every kid with instruction yep. and meet them where they are, as opposed to where you want them to be and help them be to where they, you want them to be, but in a, in a unique way for that child. I, I think, I think the way we were taught, uh, raise coaching wise, mm-hmm. you know, and where we are at today. Mm-hmm. Um, it obviously doesn't, doesn't relate. And, um, the way that these kids are being raised, um, both in school and away from school, it, that style of coach doesn't exist or should not, in my opinion, exist. Um, a yeller, a screamer, all that kind of stuff. There's no place for that. Nobody, nobody performs. If, if all you're doing is being yelled at, Mm -hmm. um, if you can't, in my opinion, if you can't convey your message without swearing, then (laughs) you should not be on the field. I I don't swear at my kids. I will never swear at my kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I need to be able to articulate what needs to be happening uh, or what needs to change in a manner of what they're going to react to. And if, if, if it's me screaming, bloody murder they're going to look at me and they're not going to be playing and at the end that's not what i want i want them playing right on so well speaking of articulating change haha <laughs> <laughs> here we go Segway. um we'd like to talk a little bit about that rsl match um do we yeah well i mean we'd like to talk about it because um like any people dark, dirty secret um, I think I think a lot of things came home to roost this week, and I'd like both your perspectives on that. Tim, what do you think, man? All right. Uh, I, I think that we need to shake things up. Uh, unfortunately, that means sit our million-dollar baby. And uh, <laughs> Thank you. I, yeah, I know. I, I, I'm not a Dempsey out guy, but something has got to change. The team was definitely different last year with – him on the uh, on the mend when he was out because of his heart condition, and things things were more exciting. But I was I was looking. Bless me, Father, for I watched 
the Portland Timbers match, and they were exciting, and it hurt so bad, like watching <laughs> players run and juke and shoot and celebrate, and mm-hmm. it was just painful. Like, why can't we do that? Um, and I'm just wondering, I mean, it, I don't want to, to slow the game down because we're always behind lately, and we have to speed things up. I want to go so quickly to transition and just bomb down the field and catch uh-huh. them on the counter and get yeah. things done. But we don't have, we don't have all the technical skill to, to do the ticky tacky, you know, work your way down and, and because it's only one bad touch and the ball's coming right back down your freaking throat. So anyway, just watching the Portland match, I, I saw as soon as Valeri got it, everyone just ran, they ran with purpose. They like, they just, and the, the, the runs were timely and the balls were played Shannon's on time. Nodding. And they you know, obviously it was, it was the highlights, but damn it, if it wasn't freaking exciting. And I feel like we have been missing that. And I'm wondering if it's just because of our, our, our Clint Dempsey and one style where he just does the flips and tricks and no one knows where the hell it's going. And so no one makes runs. And so during the RSL match, I, I really wanted to see, um, I wanted to see guys running down the field mm-hmm. and, and it's not easy. It's not easy to beat Nick Romando, but you know, shooting a, a four hopper from, you know, 30 yards out is not, it's not the way him. to do it. Right. I love watching that guy though. I love that one handed save was Jeez. freaking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And he, yeah, he owns Clint Dempsey. He does. He puts him in mm-hmm. his pocket. I mean, but he stopped he, at least a couple of his PKs the last two years. You would you would you would translate that back to training at the men's team. That, that's where he gets to know. Romando's always yeah with him at the the men's team. So yeah, Romano knows his For tendencies. Sure. Um, I, I I I put this one on Schmetz, and I don't do that often. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one's on Schmetz. Uh, Jovan Jones should not have been sitting. Um, I get the drama that is Jovan Jones and what he's doing, and as far as going to Bundesliga two, um, but. There is no way that man sits for me. And this is some kind of power struggle between Joven and the front office. And I don't get it. Um, I believe in Nuhu, but Nuhu is young. Yeah. And, 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 he, and he needs to find his way. And 70 minutes is not finding, it's not working for me. If this team is, is going to want to get anywhere in the playoffs, Nuhu's not the guy. Um, and you have the guy sitting on the bench. If I see Nicholas Ladero sitting out wide again, I'm going to throw up. And in my opinion, no, we need. Go ahead. I, I, I will go back to last year. Nicholas Ladero was the most lethal player because he was allowed to be a distributor from inside the middle as a ten, and could find players running with him. This team is now playing with a Clint Dempsey who loves his back to goal. And isn't a playmaker. The playmaker is asked to come from a wide position and it's not working. Interesting. I did a little bit of homework, as Steve said. <laughs> you at fans or you fans at home may or may not like this, <laughs> but chew on this one. Numbers don't lie. Without Dempsey and Alonzo, this year, we're three oh and one with a plus six goal differential. Three oh and one without just say that again. Without Dempsey and Alonzo. Okay. 3-0-1. So those two designated players. Mm-hmm. 
highly compensated players. Highly. Eight million dollars, thirty-four years old. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Without Alonzo. Without Alonzo. Just with Dempsey without Alonzo. Correct. Okay. Five. Oh and two. With a plus nine goal differential. Chew on that one. Because everyone is into this. Everyone's into this. Uh, Ozzy's evolved his game. He's is different. Da, da, da. I'm not saying he hasn't. He is obvi- obviously, I mean, to the to the, to the the eye test, he is different. He's not that cheap, dirty, foul-giving-up player. He, he's trying to become a, a playmaker. But the game is obviously being required to play through him, and it's not an advantage in my opinion, through Seattle. With both Dempsey and Alonzo, the squad is 1-1-3 one, one, and three with a minus one goal differential. 1-1-3. One, one, and three. Unfortunately, we're not playing the same teams every single week, so it's slightly slanted one way or the other. I mean, if, if, you know, who are we matching up against? So we're matching up against the... The Minnesotas, the the San Jose's, the the Revs, what you know? Okay, but then you can go and say that we did match up to the same team. We did it in a matter of weeks. We smacked, and rightfully so, mm-hmm. a Minnesota team four to nothing mm-hmm. in the the beginning stages of this miraculous twelve game unbeaten <laughs> run. Um, I don't know if you remember it. But they returned home and played the same squad. Mm-hmm. How'd that work out? We they had a different couple of players, but yeah. I think, was it Cronin wasn't there before, and then he was the second time at home. And there's also, I mean, no, I'm not, I'm just arguing for the sake of sure, arguing, sure. you know, poking holes where they don't need to be. But uh, you know what it's like. If you kick the crap out of a team away, and then you're coming home, you think, oh, dude, we got this. And every single team that is below us, like crummy team, we have struggled with. We struggle with D.C. We struggle with New England. We struggle with Minnesota when Minnesota was here because Mm. our home matches, our home matches, we need to take the team and take them to a hotel so they can spend the night in a hotel and pretend like it's an away match. Yeah, like in Fife and then eat at the Poodle Dog and get something. I mean, get some fire underneath them because whatever is happening right now, look at you your think, run. Are they really just letting off the gas when we come home or is it really the personnel shifts and not being able to settle into uh, uh, any kind of, of of rhythm? I I I, I think it's I think it's the most expensive player on the team. I think that's the problem, and I, I won't I won't back down from that opinion. I, I think the style of play, the roster that's there right now, is too confused. It's too uh, one way, and teams know how to defend Clint Dempsey. And if Clint Dempsey doesn't find success early, he checks out. Hence the offsides, the hi I'm Eddie Johnson all over again. And the numbers don't lie. Look at Clint and look at his goals, look at his assists. Um, it's not where, in my opinion, an $8 million designated player should be. He, he, yeah, we talked last week. Yeah. You're right. And, 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 no, no, I'm just, I, I just said we talked last week where it, it, something needs to happen. I think he's just, Fighting his time trying to get to Russia. That's all he's doing. And after, 
but, yeah. but, but there's know. nowhere else I'm he can play, right? It's it, He has to remain active in some form of professional soccer. Well, if it's not here, then where is it? It's yeah. not It's not a global game. He's not going anywhere. Nope. And the but, Sounders... You know, he already... those. Up. He had those years. Right. Those years are done. And, and we... I, I heard the pod. Um, I, I was like you... I heard him say in an interview, I am not a 90 player anymore. I'm a 20. I'm a 70 minute guy come in. And I don't understand how that didn't trickle down (laughs) to the Sounders. Other than I don't think that Schmetzer is necessarily willing to deal with him. And I have a different. uh, Yeah. We talked last week thinking that, you know, maybe the, maybe the team, maybe the player, you know, maybe the, the, everyone's afraid of upsetting Dempsey, like he's got some sort of mythic, you know, just, just voodoo dolls of everybody, and he's going to poke him in the eye when he gets home. Trust me, there. The whole league is afraid of him. <laughs> they don't want this off. USSF yeah. is, a, you know, the, the men's soccer is afraid of him. The national team's afraid of him. Schmetzer is afraid of him, and and, and I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there about. when I heard it, and I was the one that said it. Um, Schmetzer made a really interesting comment to a group of coaches and I, it, we heard it and I sat there and I did that when a dog kind of turns its head uh-huh. and you're like, what? You're afraid of one man. Okay. Well, that's why we're in this situation. You know, they, they, there was a conversation about players using technology to their advantage and, and, and one of the things with the Sounders is that they've brought in a ton of technology mm-hmm. and, 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 and they're saying to these younger players, go down and watch your video. And then the comment was, well, not everybody watches the video. And you're like, what? How, wh- why does a couple not have to? And and yet you're demanding these kids that are just absolutely thirsting for playing time mm-hmm. do everything and you're not giving them the playing time. Which segues into a completely different subject of Coaching mine. conversation. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think that this project this year of the 2017-18 Sounders is, is is going to be an MLS Cup winning team. And I think that there's bigger th- problems in the future and we have kids on the bench that need to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right, so let's before you jump from that. No, no. I, I was looking at the looking at schedule, looking at playoffs. Yeah. At, you know, the season ended today, then uh, we play the knockout against RSL. Given and Given, given given we get points, <laughs> look at RSL's schedule. It's equally I, no, no, similar no, no, I, to I us. I just said if we hey hey if I it ended if we today, ended today right. I know everyone is within a few points of one another. We could still take first. Things have to fall in our direction. But uh, like I said, it, season ended today. Season ended <clears> today. <throat> we we host RSL and then Kansas City. I think hosts uh, whoever's below us. Uh, maybe Chiefs. Anyway. Um, we get knocked out, and then we have freaking three months of downtime minus the national team players. We've never had that before. Maybe that's why the team comes out so dang sluggish is because, you know, last year we had like four weeks. And, you know, sure, it's a month off, but, man, you know, the the year before that we got bounced in the, uh, in the, in the double overtime shootout semis with Dallas. In the Western Conference semis, yeah. Or, yeah, 
I I don't know quarters, whatever. I don't know that I buy that. Um, we didn't have uh, extra competitive play this year. We weren't trying to balance U.S. Open Cup and Champions League play and all of this. The only thing that we were really trying to balance either. was international, right? And same deal last year, and we were still sluggish last year. And feeling, you know, obviously we won the cup last year, but that midseason slump was brutal and. Trying to get to a place where you, you have to manage these competitions, and I guess I'm just not buying that. Oh, we don't have enough time in between, uh, in between the end of a season and the start of a season. I mean, okay, it's six weeks till you start training, but how much time off do you really need to to have that level of recovery as a human being? And, and maybe you, as a coach, can help me understand that. I, I think the more competition, the better. Yeah. Um, we we have this S2 project that I, I have no idea where it's going um, other than it's headed to Tacoma, and I'm extremely excited about mm-hmm. that. Um, but the transfer of players from S2 to S1 or the first team is is not happening, and, and that's an interesting problem. Um, but our our strength in our squad should be happening through the U S open cup. Yeah. Um, every other tournament that, that we could get involved in yeah. and, and we're just not there. So we're, we, we should be like, and, and, and everyone can hate me, but I'm a Chelsea guy. Um, last year, Chelsea won the EPL. They had nothing else other than the EPL to do. So they were loaded. They were fit. They were ready to go every match and they won the league because of it. The top teams were playing in Europa. They were playing in Champions League. They were playing in this, that, the other thing. And, and and Chelsea just got to sit back and play one or two a week or whatever the situation may be. The Sounders are in the same way. And, and unfortunately, though, there's not the same result right. between the two clubs. And and yeah. As much as, as much as Schmetz would tell you that he is a man manager, which he is, and he's not the tactical guy, um, <laughs> there's, in my opinion, there is a clear problem in motivation and drive on this team, and I go back to well, one as, person. As a manager. That's your job, right? Yep. To educate and motivate, no matter what position you're in, whether you're coach of the Sounders or mm-hmm. manager at an Applebee's. You teach people, and then you fire them up to go do a job. But when the problem is and, is bigger than your paycheck, and you can't get away from it, then what? Meaning... Make them watch Rudy. <laughs> 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 the if the front office Remember won't the let him so i guess i still don't understand the dynamic how can you be so afraid of a player that has stated so many times that he wants to be sat for a length of a a length of time and you're simply not doing it like, I, I think he even said if it. you're just super subbing him that's what he wants to do that's what he said he wants to do why is he getting 90 minutes a game i think he said that on the national team stage because he it's it, it, he shows it to the to the to the eye. He shows right. that he's not a ninety minute player on the the men's national team. Mm-hmm. I think he thinks he's still a ninety minute player. On I see the the MLS side. Yeah, and 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 just quite honestly, he's not. Okay, that's not a distinction we've made on the on the show between that that statement mm-hmm. and uh, whether that cascades down to the club 
So that's that's an interesting perspective. I, I think it'll be interesting to see if we qualify for for World Cup, where he falls in. Uh, I think we took a a wrong turn in getting back arena, mm-hmm. and and we're going back to this. MLS who's who of 1988 mm-hmm. and <laughs> and we're back we're back to it and and it's like really if if I'm sorry but Beasley I loved you back in the 80s but it's 2017 <laughs> and you're still playing left back as an 88 year old man <laughs> and we're pulling him up to play against top level yeah teams and, no, and we're saying that that's our best option <laughs> then somewhere we well, felt killed arena the second tour yeah the second uh world cup qualifying mm-hmm. run is is he rely it's great when you have beasley and donovan in their teens but you know the second time around you rely on those old guys and that's kind of what what he's doing right now with the dempseys the bradleys the Jermaine Joneses and, and don't you know, go the, there. The, the Duffers, the Jermaine mobility Jones. scooters. <laughs> okay, are you keeping up with uh, Miazga and what he's doing, Matt Miazga? No, no, no. Um, no. You're a Chelsea dude, and he's on loan. He's on loan. Right? Uh, played ninety. Was a massive part of their last win over the weekend. Um, has nothing but massive reviews, and he's getting stronger and stronger. And he's playing. Stop me, center back. In a World Cup cycle, name the last time you haven't heard, well, the back four is a problem with the Americans. <laughs> well, we have a kid that is killing it, or not killing it, but getting better and better and better and stronger and playing at higher levels. Why isn't he in the camp? He's not even in the camp. And then if you're Bruce Arena and you look over at Ziggy and go, last weekend you did what with Zardes? Right. He's a what? Zardes is a right back? Okay. I It's the you, same thing Ziggy did to Evans. I, I get that. And it's the same thing. Yeah, I mean So what? Now like, Arena's why like is, yeah. Arena's like, um, okay, so do I go Zardes or do I go Yedlin? <laughs> hmm. You know, I didn't really exactly. like that Yedlin kid. <laughs> exactly. I got two speed burners on the right side, and neither one of them are technical, but hey, <laughs> And, I love Zardes. To what extent? Okay, going back to the Sounders. To what extent is is Schmetzer still kind of living in Siggy's shadow and still paying for some of those sins? And to what extent is that relationship part of the problem? I, I actually don't think that. You I don't think that. No, I do not. Okay. I, I think I think um, I, I've been in and around um, that organization, mm-hmm. uh, both the youth side and the first team, and they've moved on uh, without a doubt. They, oh, good. They've um, they've. And they're very proud of this. Uh, they've brought a ton of technology, a ton of data, a ton of um, more European-based model uh, to the game. And I also, and this is just my opinion, it's it's not Sounders or anything like that, um, they started over with their youth academy. And they went away from the bigger, stronger, faster. And now they have the Sounders exploratory system where kids come in for 12 weeks and they can they're they're evaluated at every four weeks um kids make it through that kind of gauntlet style you know they can may not be offered um a, a position with the the academy their academy results and this year alone 
especially in the international play, is absolutely stunning. If you haven't looked at the look, uh, the results, top down. And I think what the Lagerway has done was he's he's said we we, we got to break this, we've got to stop this, we've got to stop signing old players, we've got to we've got to get back to an academy based program that in three, four, five years will start producing players. And I'm yeah. a total fan of that. I, I, the news last week of Dave, Dave Turney leaving is gut wrenching to me. That guy is amazing. And he brought so much. And the fact that he went to the NBA, I'm left scratching my head. Um, <laughs> but, um, he was a massive part of that. And everybody in that organization w- will tell you, we are moved on from the Siggy phase. We, 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 we're incorporating X, we're doing X, we're doing this, we're doing that. And the problem is, is it hasn't yet translated to the first team. And I, I don't know that anyone really wants to have that conversation. <laughs> you know, we, now, is it because of the older guys? Yeah. What do you do with Chad and, Marshall? And they're, they're not used to the technology and they're still on beta max when everyone else totally. is just downloading things and not even they're way over CDs and DVDs. <laughs> what do you, I mean, what do you do with, with, with Chad Marshall next year? I don't see him on the uh, team. I, I see him being traded yeah, well, for, uh, uh, traded for, uh, allocation money or traded for another, you know, yeoman player, maybe a little bit younger, a little unproven. Um, maybe, you know, we throw in, uh, we throw in, um, who am I thinking? Um, anyway, we throw in another, yeah, we throw in Brad Evans and I, I was concerned mid mid year, mid season, um, when you guys started talking about the possible LA Galaxy trades and all that and whether Ziggy Schmidt was going to pick up Chad Marshall and Brad Evans together and whether this was going to be uh, either or both of those players last year here. And more and more, I'm thinking it's definitely Brad Evans last year. Um, I don't see him coming back next year uh, for any appreciable time. Um, I don't know if he gets traded in the off season or if there's uh, some sort of mid season trade. I don't see necessarily Chad Marshall coming back, um, which I think is a little bit of a shame, but it, you know, mostly because he's seasoned and he's, he's, he's got some good time on field. He's, you know, a little less fragile than Torres, I think. And he has, Actually, you know, there's not a lot of really good center backs running around the league that are just ready to be snapped up. So, um, you know, having that person in that position that can integrate with the defense and isn't a major problem in and of his, himself and is pretty dangerous on set pieces is a is a is a good person to have at the back. And I, I would hate to lose him. I, I think the the Seattle Sounders problem is very, very similar to the U.S. men's national team problem. I've got player X, Y, Z that I don't want to get rid of, mm-hmm. but have reached that are past their prime. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to do with these guys, these these new guys, these new who's of the world, mm-hmm. the, the, the new guys. And, and it's at some point, these guys have to put their feet to the fire. Mm-hmm. And... If I'm if I'm Lagaway, I, I, I keep Marshall. Um, 
I try and keep Marshall. Yeah. I keep him for mm-hmm. one more year. Um, the back four does not need a continual <laughs> who's who of who. Musical chairs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I like Kelvin. I mean. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's. So, so we're gonna, yeah, we're going to have Leardham. We're going to have Torres, I think, for another year. Which is awesome. Yep. I, Absolutely. I, I think you need a guy like uh, yeah. Torres. Yep. I, I think you need that bruiser, even oh. though he's slow. <clears throat> The only um, question is left hey, back. Hey, brought Jermaine Jones down from behind. Oh, yeah, he did, Ex- except for upon review. <laughs> Dude, that whole Jermaine Jones, I, I he got a red the next game in Atlanta, I believe it was, and I couldn't have been happier because I can't stand him. I don't, I don't like that player. I don't yeah. like that style of player. And then when he dove before contact, mm-hmm. And you're just like, really? And as bad as pro referees are, and they are horrible, the fact that they didn't see that is is appalling. It's absolutely appalling. And, of course, you know, the game changes off of that point. So I I, I think you you, you have to figure out when new who is. Um, I think people are a little bit too harsh on him. He's he's a kid. He's a kid. Yeah. Right? He, I mean, look at his history. Look where he came from. He's a kid, and he's going to have to learn. My only argument is, is that right now, if if the push is playoffs and results, well, Joven Jones is better than Newhill. Yeah. So you have to play Joven. Absolutely. And so uh, Kevin uh, talked about this in his blog post on floundersbteam.com. And uh, yeah, I mean, the the substitution uh, late for um, uh, uh, the substitution late uh, substituting um, Jesus Christ. With Joven and, and, yeah, and uh, Nuhu? Nuhu yep. being substituted for um, Joven Jones, on Joven the Jones in the 70th minute. Wait, where, where is it in the in the professional rule book that managers make the 70th minute change? I, I, don't, I don't get it either. Jose Mourinho does that every match. And you're mm-hmm. like, there's some biblical writing that said, on the 70th minute in Philippians 2-13, <laughs> right. you will make a change. <laughs> Tim, there was a sinful <laughs> substitution at the end where they put in, like, they put in, who'd they put in for Lodero? Uh, was it Marshall? Yeah, I think it was new. Yeah, Marshall came on. Yeah, Marshall came on for, Jesus, this this is great radio, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay, now the two goals, though. Marshall came in for... Yeah, Marshall no. came in for Lodero. Can, Marshall came in for Lodero, and Jones came in for Newhu. Oh, I don't know. feel like I thought. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought, I, I thought, I thought, it, I thought it was Newhu came in and, for Lodero. And, and okay, hold on. My my point on the two really goals that were given. Out, but the two goals that were given. Mm-hmm. Look at the no. pressure and the speed that was applied to the pressure, or lack thereof. The first goal. Was Nuhu and 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 gallivanting through the mm-hmm. tulips, yeah. <laughs> trying to close that down. And then the second goal was Svensson trying to figure out what he's supposed to mark. I like Nuhu, but he is all over yeah, the place. Yeah, he left yeah. his spot, but he's young. But he's young, and and, and you're either going to ride or die with that right now, or you're going to say, "No, we got a better product." Svensson on the second goal so, tried to figure out: Do I mark the kid on the 18? Mar- he was he was parked almost on the 18 and and he made a wrong decision and unfortunately scored off of it but go back to roman torres 
and what he was doing and go back to Ozzy Alonso and the effort he was giving and watch the video. And you're like, I, as a six-year-old, ran faster than that. There was a complete, in my opinion, when we were getting countered through our midfield and defensive third, our lack of pace or lack of energy or whatever it was, mm-hmm. was, was, was mind-blowing. Not of the professional um, acceptable professional performance. I, I, the, the new who thing, especially the kid went out wide. You close yep. that down. You close it down. You don't give them six feet. Six feet is time and space. Time and space. They can do whatever they want to do. And he was accepting that you can go to the touchline and cross it in whenever you like. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't subscribe to the theory of, well, you go to away matches and you're looking for a draw. I, I think that's a cop-out. I think that's a massive cop-out on any organization mm-hmm. that will say that because it doesn't... I, I go back to NFL teams. Oh, you don't understand. We we fly back to Carolina and play <laughs> at 1 o'clock our time. So what's the problem? You flew on Friday. Right. You're, you've been there for a day and a half. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're not I, in I hate to you're tell you, China. but businessmen fly yeah. all over the place <laughs> all the time. You're not flying to Dubai. Exactly. Hours. <laughs> so don't give me that RSL is a hard place to play at. So, it, it's a hard place to play at. Really, Schmetz? It's a hard place? Why? I've never played Rain at Rain and altitude? I will give you altitude. Think, yeah. Um, I, I took my 99 girls this year. Um <laughs> we went to Colorado Springs. We played at the Air Force Academy. And I will tell you, at 7,000 feet, mm-hmm. it's no joke. Mm-hmm. I have track stars. I have fit athletes Just that could winded. not get a breath. Mm-hmm. I get that. I absolutely get it. I went and watched the same weekend the Sounders S2 play the Colorado Switchbacks. Mm-hmm. We got to see them play at a local venue. It was brilliant. But they couldn't do it. I don't think that... And I don't know this. I'm not... That's smart, but um, RSL and where they're at and Colorado Springs are the same elevation. But I, 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 I will give you that, that altitude comes into play. It does not come into play into missing passes, um, lack of effort, or style of play. If you're saying that we're going to go to 7,000 feet in elevation, so we have to be smart about how we progress through the thirds, mm-hmm. then do it slow, right? And too many people, in my opinion, uh, misinterpret possession style play or tiki-taka or Barcelona. <laughs> um, they, they, I, that's with a T-H. It's Barcelona. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, what what people in and from what I've seen in the circles that I've I've watched and whatever uh, they misinterpret tiki taka or possession with Barcelona. Barcelona does not possess to possess. They possess to pe- penetrate, and they penetrate when it's right, when the movement is, is, in the final third has been made. They make the lethal pass and. The hot topic is possession here, and and possess to possess, Pe- possess to what? The last time I checked, there's two goals on the field. You're trying to put it in my goal, and I'm trying to put it in your goal. So 
the game plan should this be. This is great when you're trying to make the other team chase, when you have the lead, but if we are not getting the lead. That's why I was suggesting we bench the possession fellows. We bench Rodriguez. We bench uh, Dempsey and, and keep the other fellows that can run like the wind and put pressure on people, make mistakes, get a couple of goals. Then you want to make that 70th minute sub. Fine, bring in the guys that can connect passes and play keep away for the other 20 minutes. It killed this GD game off. I, I think it's absolutely spot on um, in regards to RSL. At Thank RSL. you. Mic drop. Yep. I just did it. <laughs> Steve's going to be mad at me. <laughs> He's like, that's my microphone. <laughs> that thing was like 12 bucks, man. Um, okay. So looking for some positivity headed into Vancouver. Hmm. What are our options? What can we do differently to assure a result at home uh, or at least assure uh, uh, well, yeah, assure a result? Are you asking Point for a project? Are you asking for a prediction on the I w- score? Well, uh, actually, what I was thinking was that we would do a prediction based on what we hope would be the lineup, <laughs> and then a prediction on what we probably know the lineup will be. Tim, you're first. Yeah, I'm I, copying I, out. Uh, <laughs> early in the week, I uh, I came up with this thing where. Um, what do I want to do? I want to start. Uh, I don't want. I, I'm not sure if we're all married to this thing. You know, four, two, three, one. But I would like to see Dempsey on the bench, and I'd actually like to see um, rolled on, rolled on up top. Mm. Um, and I'd like to see our wingers, which would be Joven Jones and Lamar Nagel, even higher. So I guess I, I'm looking for it to see if I actually have it in my uh, in my phone somewhere while I'm talking. But um, where are we at? Uh, shit. Well, anyway, um, a back or you know, uh, and knew who was on the left, and then we have uh, Marshall and the big fella Torres and and uh, dang it, if it's uh, Lyrdom, thank you for nobody. Uh, Kelvin. And then we'll have we'll have we'll have Gustav and and Ozzy in the six and the eight. Which one? And then which? just above him, Latero. Which one do you play well, as a six? Uh, six uh, Ozzy is a six. Okay. Svensson's the eight. Um, and then just above him, actually have Ladero in pretty much like the center circle, being the the. I don't want to call him a number 10. He can do whatever the heck he wants. He can run all game and he can connect passes, but he's not going to be forcing things to Dempsey and Dempsey's not going to be slowing him down. Rodon is above him. And then the two wingers higher than that. I I'm hoping that Rodon can basically uh, uh, provide um, pressure so they can't play out of the back. You know, constantly chasing people down. And, and even if he's not super tactical about it, but just putting pressure on people, you're going to make mistakes. Like I was saying last week, You'll make mistakes if people put pressure on you. If you don't, you're less likely to. But attacking-wise, as soon as we get out on the break, fire it down to the wingers, and Joven Jones can haul ass down the field and come back and attack the goal. You're going to freeze Waston. If Waston's defending you, then you can slip the ball past him to to either Roldan or to Lamar Nagel on the far post. If Waston is manning up on a shorter rolled on then fine you've got you've got a a, a runway to go towards goal i just don't want the crossing because he's going to eat us alive everything in the air he kills us and we never figure that out i can see that right now two days before 
or I guess a day before we play him, we're just going to be firing crosses off and he's going to be picking them off and hitting them away. And it's just not working. We have to, if we are going to get crosses off, like if it's, if it's, you know, Jones, uh, put him on the ground, you know, make the guy defend you, slip it past him for a tap in. And Ladero could be like a delayed, delayed. And Rodon is a, like a false nine, a delayed nine. So anyway, I think that's what we need to do to beat him. And, uh, we need to uh, give Montero some bad oysters or something the night before, so he has that uh, that that mud butt and can't play. Did you read his uh, article today? No, was it about oysters? Because I just called that. Did it? Was no, it? it was not. Oh. But um, he, he he in the <laughs> players' journal or whatever that um, where players write in articles. He wrote about um, what it is to be a white cap. And I was like, really? Oh. This is very timely. Yeah. Well, kick his ass then. I, I would I would still trade Montero for Dempsey just just because he can he can connect passes and fire from distance. If you're sleeping, you're off your line, he'll bury you. As we have shown multiple times this season. Yeah. He scored every game. He scored mm-hmm. uh, several times against us so far this year. Yep. So I don't um, know. Yeah, I would definitely trade Dempsey. <laughs> I trimmed Dempsey to the Whitecaps because, I mean, hell, Dempsey can only hurt us three games mm-hmm. if he plays exactly. for the Whitecaps. He can hurt mm-hmm. us with thirty-four playing for us now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and I, I I'll be honest, I, I don't understand all the Tams and the Cams and the Dams and the <laughs> all the other things that the MLS do. But whatever, I mean, a mm-hmm. box of Thin Mints from the Girl Scouts to move Dempsey, I'm okay with. I, I think you, takes. you you move past this, and you know Dallas is not the organization that's going to to pay the big money, um, especially at eight million dollars a year. But I I would I would personally this tomorrow night I'd love to see um, Joven out wide uh, on on the left and bombing down. Um, I'd put Vic Rod um, back out there as the seven, um, Ladero as the ten. Um, I'd put Lamar Nagel as the nine. Um, and I'd put Rodan as the eight and an attack and attack with pace attack with like, you have one job. We're going to go and try and get three points out of this. Cause you know what? You could look at Philadelphia and be Dempsey. <laughs> it's Philadelphia brother. You better get a goal and then look at the rest of the schedule and be like, um, at worst case scenario, we expect six points. Because the, the the remaining schedule is poor, and six it's points. Colorado. What's that? It's Dallas and Colorado at home. Right. So that's it. Yeah. If you can't get points here, then you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. No, I agree. I agree. Hey, the, the 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 funny thing is, is that RSL, even though one we have one game in hand over them, they're basically mirrored our schedule, and they have two games left, and I think it's Colorado, and I think it's. Dallas, I may be wrong, um, but they, I think that they have six points coming. So yeah, you either um, going to go, Vancouver only has one home game the rest of the season. Right. And then Portland is two games in hand, right? Uh, they've, they've got two home, two away. I want to say it was yeah. uh, like LA and San Jose. So winnable yeah, games. They, and New York, they might actually have New York too. That, that, that could be a, it's, it's wide open. I, we could easily find ourselves in fifth, if not sixth. 
So Philadelphia, yeah, we could go either way. We could find ourselves in first or second with a buy, and we could find ourselves out of the playoffs. I, that's less likely. We have we have so many opportunities to get points against soft teams, but you have to get goals. You have to get points. So, so Philadelphia. Until that happens, until we can, what's that? Philadelphia is mathematically eliminated. Well, I know that, and we're not competing against them. I'm just looking at um, their form and where they're at. They're, they're uh, 40 and 40, right? Their goals for is 40 and goals against is 40. I, uh, I'm i looking at schedule and score. Um, well, okay, so, then. yeah, but I, I certainly they're not believe mathematically, you. But, <laughs> but I, I'm just looking at, at their form. Uh, they're, they're similar to us as far as a, a run of play. Um, back in August, they had a 3-1 victory against Dallas. Um, uh, they got whooped by Montreal 3 uh, 0, and then uh, a draw, a big loss against Toronto. I mean, who's not going to lose against Toronto? Um, and uh, another series of 2 2 1 1 0 0 draw, and they, they're just coming off uh, a pretty big win against a garbage team, Chicago. So uh, they're also playing Atlanta United in the middle of the week. That'll be an interesting match as well. Uh, and then they'll be playing us um, a few days later so they've got a fairly congested schedule right now as well do we get points uh coming out of philadelphia we'll keep it straight because we're coming towards the end of our uh time here that's fine yes we do we get points we win at philly you think we win at philly confident somebody's gonna wake up Uh, i think it i think we'll actually i think we'll do well here in vancouver and that will translate to oh thank god now we know how to score and uh, yeah just we're good to go after that but we have to get right against Vancouver right now. So are you, if you're Schmitz, are you saying I'm going to put my most lethal lineup against Vancouver and Philadelphia be damned or yeah. say that I'm Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Okay. You win at home, you win against Cascadia rival and you springboard that against Philly. But and then you roll the dice. Oh, it's on the yeah. road. What do well, you expect? We did the No, you play for a win, <clears throat> you might get a draw. You play for a draw, you're going to lose. So we That's did the opposite of that uh in the that mid-season run against was it uh it was uh Minnesota came and then we played um KC, then we played um not or quite Vancouver. in that order. Yeah, Vancouver. And, and it, so we had that kind of run of play where we thought they would throw the kitchen sink at somebody and they threw the kitchen sink at Minnesota and <laughs> everything else was a shit show. And that was kind of the, the start of this. Well, at least we're unbeaten. Um, but it, I don't know that Schmetzer is going to learn that lesson. And so I, I'm not quite as confident that. A, we're going to get the uh, the the uh, change in the approach against Vancouver. Um, I'm pretty solid that we're going to lose that match. Um, and this this tomorrow tomorrow. I agree. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, I don't think that bodes well for Philadelphia. And at that point, we can pretty much bag the season. And I try to be as positive as I can. I try to be Pollyannish on this show. I'm done. I mean. Can, can I circle back to this sure, please. real quick? Um, the coaching staff on Dempsey. Look at the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Pineda. He played with him. He played with him. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to say it's not good enough? He doesn't have that conversation. Right. I mean, look at who is it? Ezra? <laughs> Ezra is combined between S2 and S1. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
who is having those conversations? We said this earlier, and I know that, but I, it popped in my head because I was, yeah, I was whatever I was thinking, and, and and I'm like, you know why there's no one having that conversation? Because nobody wants to have that conversation. Because look at who is involved, yeah. and it it it's it's maddening. So Schmetzer, as a man manager, is he? And maybe you can't talk out of school, but is he able to have that conversation with Clint Dempsey or with anybody else? Can he have a hard conversation with a player about uh, performance, about contribution, about the tough stuff? I, I think he damn well better. Yeah, um, but I also don't know what that looks like as far as the GM in the front office mm-hmm. and saying, uh, and those, yeah, that's those our draw. Relationships are complicated. It's our draw. Yeah. Well, you know how many jerseys we saw with a Dempsey name on the back of it? Um, but I will tell you this. That draw's fallen off. I will tell you this. And I said this um, the year Atlanta came in. Atlanta will do it right. And then mm-hmm. we'll do it better. Yep. And they have. And yep, and you absolutely. you That's can through. I, I will I will say it right now. Atlanta, Toronto, Atlanta wins the Mountain Cup. Mm-hmm. All of that is in really neat. But I encourage you to look at their Atlanta United's Academy program. Mm-hmm. It is staggering. It is absolutely. You thought we do everything. The crown jewel of MLS. We Dallas had the crown jewel. Yeah. Atlanta walked in and in two years built something that moved mountains, and nobody's paying attention to it. Nobody, other than soccer geeks. U.S. Soccer will be paying attention. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And 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 Tata and what he does at Atlanta and 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 how he gets those players and what they're doing. They don't name a big name. Name name Dempsey on that squad. You can't. You can't name probably player five, six, seven, eight, nine, nope. ten, eleven on that roster, and all they do is win. And that won't matter. And that's not going to matter. It's going to be great. It's, it's going to be fantastic because they're going to be a Chelsea. It's going to blow up the model <laughs> of the MLS. I hope. I really do. Yeah. I, I'm I'm tired of the mm-hmm. the thirty five year old Steven Gerrard come over here for a year, rent a player, and then he plays. Uh, another great example, a player I loved. For Diego, or excuse me, um, uh, Didier Drogba mm-hmm. comes over here, goes to Montreal, and says, "I'm only playing on grass." Uh, what? No, you're playing the whole year. Nope, just playing on grass, and I'll collect my paycheck and go. Frank Lampard, you're in, you're gone. Stephen Drogba, you're in, you're gone. Mm-hmm. Ashley Cole, for whatever reason, was decided to. This, if this league wants to be something, get away from these players. Get away, find those find those South American twenty two year olds. Find find the I South am, African twenty two year olds am, that are just lightning in a bottle. I we've been talking about tapping into South American talent and Central American talent forever, forever. We know there's tons of talent down there. Where is it? What is who's who's who is recruiting? Well, Siggy Schmidt's, Siggy Schmidt's son is a big part of that. Yeah. And, and that's his role, and he he's got to find those diamonds mm-hmm. in the rough. Hanauer and and all the others, you know, they're they're the final piece of that. But you you want something exciting. You build something young. I would mm-hmm. rather, at the end of the day, go into a fight with this youth that just will go at you and go at you and go at you to 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 the ninety first minute, rather than this. Boring, back to goal. Look at me. I'll turn and shoot a ball 45 yards over the goal. Right. I, I, it's not the game. The no. game has evolved. Yep. And and we, in my opinion, as the Sounders, has not 
kept up with it. And now they're in a they're in a problem. We're what, in a tight spot. What do you do? What do you do? Yep. And yes, I know we've probably spent way too long on Dempsey and talking about it, but <laughs> it's a theme in the season and uh, uh, we're not going to let go of it until it's gone. So uh, thank you for coming on and Absolutely. talking to us about it, Shannon. Uh, right pleasure. On. Pleasure. Pleasure is on my uh, Do you write or or uh, is there a presence that we can point people to or no, just going to be fan of the show? And, I, 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 I talk to you a show? lot through Twitter. Yeah, right <laughs> oh, yeah. We talk a lot. It's uh, I learn a lot from you every time I do, too. So yeah, pleasure. Right on. Thank you for coming on, Tim. Thank you so much for dialing on, dialing in on your vacation. Thanks, Tim. Yes, sir. Well, I uh, thanks for having me, but I, you're right. I'm going to have to go back to vacationing because uh, we ruined the uh, mood. Yeah, this, <laughs> this, this alcohol is not going to drink itself. <laughs> going to want her bedroom back. How how far and how long would it take us to get there to share in some of that? too long okay i get it uh no no it's good i don't think it's it's about an hour and a half drive and uh yeah, no, it's, there'll be something around but you I'm wouldn't even be, open the door be I'll honest be <laughs> right on no, uh, we'd I'll, like to I'll bring some back we can meet next week <laughs> sounds good man we'll see you next week Cheers. uh see you on monday and uh with that uh, you're listening to the flounders b team podcast i've been steve kettleson special thanks to shannon matthews and Never. tim hamilton for coming in today also a special thanks to bootstrapper studios helped us get set up uh also want to thank channel 253 uh and encourage you to go to channel 253.com to listen to our entire family of podcasts thank you so much for listening uh you can subscribe on stitcher and itunes and tell your friends follow us on twitter uh, at Flounders B Team, and with that, good night and good luck. This is Channel Two Five Three.